My name is Dr. Brian Thatcher, and I would like to welcome you to Pearls of Divine Mercy. I'm speaking on behalf of Eucharistic Apostles of the Divine Mercy, a lay outreach ministry of the Congregation of Marians of the Immaculate Conception based in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Our mission is to form Divine Mercy prayer groups or cenacles where people learn the faith and then build up the local church through spiritual and corporal works of mercy and to promote the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist and recitation of the Divine Mercy Chaplet during Eucharistic adoration for the intentions of the sick and dying. Our website is at www.thedivinemercy.org, thedivinemercy.org. For information on the ministry, please call us toll-free at 877-380-0727. All callers will receive a free prayer card with the Divine Mercy Chaplet on the back. Quotations of St. Faustina are taken from her diary, Divine Mercy in My Soul, copyright 2001, Marians of the Immaculate Conception. Today's topic will be on spiritual poverty. What really is spiritual poverty? And is this just a vow that religious take, or is it an attitude that all of us should have? The renunciation of worldly material goods has long been seen as a means toward spiritual growth. It is an attempt to live a life in harmony with Christ and to do His will. St. Faustina wrote that the virtue of poverty is an evangelical virtue which impels the heart to detach itself from temporal things. The Catechism teaches us that all Christ's faithful are to direct their affections rightly, lest they be hindered in their pursuit of perfect charity by the use of worldly things and by an adherence to riches, which is contrary to the spirit of evangelical poverty. Now, the renunciation of worldly things that St. Faustina writes about requires a certain sense of asceticism, that is, an element of training and exercise. Yet it is not the attempt at mortification that is the virtue. It is the detachment from worldly things in imitation of Christ. It is the spirit of detachment that is vital, for in fact the Lord may not require us to rid ourselves of all worldly things, only to have a spiritual detachment from them. From a practical standpoint, we do not let the material goods be our ultimate goal. We know that we can be happy and at peace without them. Blessed are the poor in spirit. The Beatitudes reveal an order of happiness and grace, of beauty and peace. Jesus celebrates the joy of the poor to whom the kingdom already belongs. The Word speaks of voluntary humility as poverty in spirit. The Apostle gives us an example of God's poverty when he says, For your sake he became poor. That's from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 2546. Jesus himself did not condemn the possession of material things. He himself had rich friends. Money itself is not the root of all evil. It is, from 1 Timothy, the love of money that is the root of all evil. We must not let material things be our God. Poverty in itself has no intrinsic merit or value or virtue. However, it is good insofar as it removes the roadblocks that impede our progress on the spiritual path. Poverty helps keep us from being distracted by things of this world that really don't matter. The poor do not spend hours worrying about the stock market, their Keogh retirement account, or what kind of home or car to buy. Spiritual poverty allows abandonment to divine providence and frees us from the anxiety about the future. It enables us to understand that all things, no matter their monetary value, are to be used for our daily needs 
and to give honor and glory to God. If we have a nice car, we should thank God for his blessing on us, as all good comes from him. But we should realize that these things do not make us beautiful or rich in God's eyes. As Christians, we must realize that we are already rich in Jesus Christ, and that for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. From 2 Corinthians. We are already rich because we are baptized sons and daughters of God. Many pursue money and material goods because they believe it will bring them a new identity, satisfaction, and security. In times of struggle, many find their solace and consolation in worldly things. Many struggle with low self-esteem and believe a new car, hairdo, or wardrobe will somehow make them different. It will lift them from their despair. Money or material things may give us a fleeting sense of a new identity and a sense of power. But for how long? What happens when the money runs out? When this happens, many of our so-called friends leave us. They were not our friends because they saw the beauty in our soul or kindness in our heart or for the joy of being in our company. No, they were there with us because we had money and were somebody. They were with us for the illusion of power and of being with somebody. We were being used for what we had, not loved for who we were. One may feel a sense of power sitting behind the wheel of an expensive automobile, or feeling of power when one puts on an, an expensive suit. However, all these material things are fleeting, and shortly after obtaining them, we realize that we are still the same person, and then we feel the need to obtain another toy that will give us another sense of being a winner and a success. However, after a time, the hairstyles and automobile models change, and we tire of the material things we purchase to make us feel better. So we move on to the next, and the next, and the next. Life becomes a never-ending quest to get the most expensive toys, or at least whatever toys society tells us are in style at a particular time. And in spite of this never-ending quest, we are still no happier than before. Because we are slow learners, we continue the struggle for an improved self-identity and inner happiness using the same ineffective techniques, and the lust for more expensive good continues. We never achieve the desired satisfaction because God is not in the picture, because all these material things are fleeting. They break down or wear out, and the vicious cycle starts over and over. But God's love for us is constant and never-ending. The soul striving for sanctity detaches himself from worldly things to obtain the goal that never tarnishes. From the Catechism we read, It remains for the holy people to struggle with grace from on high to obtain the good things God promises in order to possess and contemplate God, Christ's faithful, mortify their cravings, and with the grace of God prevail over the seductions of pleasure and power. What makes a man rich? Is it material goods or the love of God in our hearts? True satisfaction comes only from the Lord. No amount of money, no position of authority, and no material item can bring lasting peace. From Psalm 37, Take the light in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Brian Thatcher, for Pearls of Divine Mercy. If you would like to know more about our efforts to form Divine Mercy prayer groups or cenacles, 
and to promote recitation of the Divine Mercy Chaplet during Eucharistic Adoration for the Sick and the Dying, please call our ministry toll-free at 1-877-380-0727 or look at our website at www.thedivinemercy.org thedivinemercy.org All callers will receive a free prayer card with the Divine Mercy Chaplet printed on the back.